Youth ministry is difficult. Late nights, a lot of hours, phone calls, emails constantly. You never know what's going to be waiting for you when you wake up in the morning. And it can be draining, especially when we start to feel like nothing that we're doing is making a difference. So how do we know if we're making a difference in the lives of our youth? That's what we're going to talk about today on Maximize Youth Ministry. My name is Michael Collins. This show is here to help you gain skill and confidence in youth ministry. Thank you for listening. I hope you love the show today. So the first question when we start to think about, are we making a difference, I think, is how are we measuring that? What do we use to measure success? What is our idea of success in youth ministry? And if you don't know, I suggest you be honest with yourself and try to answer that question for yourself. Is it the number of baptisms you do in a year? Is it attendance? Is it life change that you see? Is it parents telling you that you're doing a good job or that they've seen a change in their kid's life? You know, it could be any of these things. It could be a combination of all of them. Maybe you're listening to this and you're just thinking, man, I just, one of those would be great, you know? But it's important that we understand what our expectations are because we all have expectations and you are either going to have expectations that you're aware of and you're thinking about, okay, this is what I'm hoping to see, or you're going to be hoping for something and you're not even going to realize exactly what it is because you might just feel like nothing you're doing is making a difference or matters at all and you don't really understand why until you look at yourself, look at your expectations and figure out what is it that feels like success for you. Because if you're not getting that, even if you have five other things, you might feel like you're not making a difference. So figure out what it, what does success in youth ministry mean for you? What are you looking for? And then is that what you should be looking for is the other question. Because sometimes we get distracted. Our minds get clouded with things that we want or hope for and not the reality of the impact that we're having right now. You know, if we get overly focused and on attendance because the church down the street has twice as many kids in their youth group as we do, even though we have a solid 10 or even 5 or 2 kids that are there every day that we're seeing real change in their lives, we might feel like we're not making a difference because we don't have the attendance numbers of the ministry next door. But that's the wrong metric because it's not about attendance. But if you're never honest with yourself, if you never ask yourself, what is success for you? You might just go around feeling like a failure, not even realizing that your, your view is off, that you're fo too focused on attendance and you don't even realize it. So sit down, have a, some quiet time and be honest with yourself about what is it that you're hoping for? Are you meeting that goal? Do you need to change that goal? Do you need to regain your perspective? Because it's very easy for us to get distracted by whatever version of success we see on social media or YouTube or something like that. But regardless of what your metric for success is, I want to encourage you not to put too much stock in it. I think as human beings, we're designed for positive reinforcement. That's how, how we respond well. That's how we stay motivated is we set goals and we achieve those goals and we see some form of success in whatever that looks like for us. But especially when it comes to ministry, we are not going to ever 
see the whole picture. We're never going to get to see the impact of everything that we do in ministry. And I heard somebody say once, I don't remember who, I think it was at a conference a few years ago, that God calls us to obedience, not to results. We're called to do ministry, to love these kids all the time, no matter what, and try our best to point them towards Christ. And we hope that we get to see some of the results of that, but we won't get to see all of it. We will never see all of the results. We'll never see the entirety of the impact that we're having on the lives of these kids. We just won't. That's just not how it works. If we're lucky, God shows us some of that, some of our impact, some of the ways that he is using us to help keep us motivated and to bring joy into our lives. But we're never going to get to see all of it. You just won't live long enough to see it all. I used to try to illustrate this point with my staff when I was the program director of a Christian youth camp by reading a book called The Butterfly Effect by Andy Andrews. I don't know if you've ever heard of this book or read it. If you haven't, I highly recommend just pick it up, put it on your bookshelf in your office, and read it once a year or whenever you're feeling discouraged because it does a great job of putting things into perspective. I want to read some of the book, my paraphrased shortened version, because I don't have time to read the whole thing, and I'm pretty sure I would get some sort of copyright strike uh, against the podcast if I read you directly from the book. But I want to tell you a little section about a guy named Norman Borlaug. Now, if you've never heard of Norman Borlaug, don't feel bad. I hadn't before I read the book either. But Norman Borlaug won Person of the Year for saving more than 2 billion people. How did he do that? Well, he invented a new type of corn that was resistant to disease and could thrive in arid climates. And over the years, saved more than 2 billion people from famine by being able to grow this corn. And so he wins portion of the year. But the thing is, it wasn't really Norman Borlaug who saved the 2 billion people. It was Henry Wallace who was vice president of the United States under Franklin Roosevelt. Well, he was one of Roosevelt's vice presidents. Roosevelt had three different vice presidents, and Henry Wallace was the second one. And while Henry Wallace was vice president, he used his authority to start a scientific station in Mexico that had the sole purpose of hybridizing corn and wheat for arid climates. And he hired... Norman Borlaug to run it. So if it wasn't for Henry Wallace hiring Norman Borlaug, Norman Borlaug never would have been able to create this new corn that saves the two billion people. So really, Henry Wallace deserves the award, right? Well, not really, because it's actually George Washington Carver, the guy who did a lot of stuff with the peanut. When he was 19, he was a student at Iowa State University, and he had a dairy sciences professor who had a son, and George Washington Carver used to take this six-year-old boy out on botanical expeditions, and that boy was Wallace, Henry Wallace. And if it wasn't for those expeditions with George Washington Carver, Wallace never would have understood the value and potential of botany and what plants can do for mankind. I'm sure that when George Washington Carver was walking around the six-year-old boy teaching him about plants, he did not understand that he was saving the lives of two billion people. 
He didn't understand that he was talking to the future vice president of the United States. He didn't understand the impact that he was having on this kid and on the world. But he did have the impact. And he didn't live long enough to see it. And it's the same with us. You're not going to ever get to see the impact that you're having on the lives of these kids or on the world. If we're lucky, God shows us maybe 1% of the ways that he is using us to bring about his kingdom. But I would be very surprised if any of us ever get to see more than 1%. Think about Paul when he was in prison just writing those letters. There's no way he understood. I'm sure he had faith that God was using him. He didn't understand how much of an impact he was going to have on the church and the world today. Because none of us do. We never can. We're, we get to see the present moment in time, and we don't get to see the future. We don't get to see the impact. Maybe once Christ comes back and we're with him in eternity, then we can see it. But I doubt we're really going to care about our own impact at that point, honestly. You know, we're called to obedience, not to results. And that's where our joy is. It's in being obedient to what God is telling us to do, not to any form of success that no matter how you decide to try to measure it or quantify it, that's not where your joy is. It's in Christ. And we're just grateful that we get to be in his presence and get to be used by him because he doesn't have to use us, guys. We get to be used by him. So I hope that this episode's been an encouragement to you. I know it's a little bit different. I usually have a lot more practical advice, but this is what was on my heart. So just remember, love the kids all the time, no matter what. I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode. At the time of recording this, we have five reviews on Apple Podcasts and four on Spotify. I would love it if you could go and increase that number by one. It'd mean a lot to me and let me know that you are out there, you're listening, and you're enjoying the show. Thank you so much for listening.